You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Nick Filato and Chris Flum, and we are bringing you the last preseason preview episode for the Giants' final preseason game. That game is against the New England Patriots kickoff set for Sunday night. So stay tuned for that as this is going to be the last exposure we will have for the Giants before they take a week off. And then they start out with their first game against the Denver Broncos. Before we get into it, hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. So guys, I think uh, the big theme on today's episode is who the heck is going to be out there and are we actually going to get to see some real starters in this game? Uh, and I think we're going to be talking about that a lot in this episode and leading into I think the two bigger names on the offensive side of the ball who it's either we're going to see one of them maybe a little bit of both of them or neither of them I know that those are pretty much all of the available options but Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley Daniel Jones haven't seen a lick of him during the preseason despite him being the starting quarterback maybe that's being done for a reason maybe it's just precaution maybe it's we don't want people to see how good Daniel Jones looks so far the Saquon side of things makes sense he's coming off of a serious injury they want to ease him back in is this a week where they want to get him a couple hits so that he's fully ready and available for week one it's like what do you guys think here we've we've been kind of teased a little bit and then completely redirected and thrown off and what our assumptions were on who was going to play and when so what do you guys think in this game is going to happen we have heard that we will be seeing about a half of daniel jones now i think exactly how much that means you know that that will really depend on the flow of the game if the giants get like two really good possessions where they get nice methodical marches down the field that end in touchdowns or you know even close and then a field goal if you know the defense makes a great stop or something like that you know i think that might be enough now if we start seeing you know three and outs or you know real quick looks then yeah we could probably see a full two quarters worth of jones i would be surprised to see saquon barkley yeah, he did get onto the field today you know thursday as we sit here and record for some 11 on 11s but he was wearing the red not no contact jersey so just to me it it feels like it would be a bit sudden to get him for his first hits since coming back from coming back to the practice field to come in a live game situation. You know, I, Joe judge said he won't get Barkley out onto the field until he takes some hits. 
I would really expect those to come maybe during padded practice this week or in the practice before week the opening game against the Denver Broncos. You know, I I think they're going to be as cautious as they feel they have to be with Barkley and you know it might be going a little bit too much too soon for to, for them to just throw him right out into a game after basically taking no contact since he got hurt. And I think that's I think that's the conservative and the the wise thing to do right now is just to be as cautious and as careful with Saquon Barkley as possible. But you're right, Chris. I, I want to see him take some hips before this week one game against the Broncos on September 12th. But I I think it would just be a little bit too soon. He just got out there. And you know what? It's it's great. He was out there on Thursday on 7-on-7. Seven seven. He was out there a little bit on 11-11, caught a couple passes from Daniel Jones against the Patriots in practice. I think that's awesome. Not expecting him to play. Daniel Jones, you said it, he may get a half, which is something that I'm going to be watching intently because Daniel Jones is far from a proven commodity at this point right now. He's somebody who needs to get these live reps. He's somebody that – needs to play against other starters, which it seems like the Patriots are going to be doing the same thing as the Giants. And they'll probably be in lockstep where they're going to play their first team against the first team. And then probably just for half. And then they'll go into the second half with the back end roster guys and all as well. But I want to see Daniel Jones behind this offensive line. I want to see how this offensive line performs in general, because today there wasn't glowing reports about players like Matt Parrott, who was beat by Josh Uche, the kid from Michigan. Uh, on a sack and he held on the play and it's it's not great with this offensive line definitely doesn't inspire any kind of hope and that's definitely i would say along with jason garrett and daniel jones the three big question marks heading into the 2021 season and if the giants are going to be a playoff team they need those three question marks to be better than what a lot of us expect right it's it's funny too that well, those are definitely the three big key things, and that's that's what we came into the show really highlighting and focusing on is all those things that you just highlighted there, Nick. And I, I just want to throw in there like a you know like you're you're saying here, Chris, that we're supposed to be getting a half of Daniel Jones as the starter, but like how much of that does he do? Do they actually ask him to really do anything? And it seems like they've been trying to be pretty coy about exposing how much of Daniel Jones we get in any of these preseason games because we haven't seen anything up till this point. So it's like, does he actually throw any, does he only throw like four passes before they put Mike Glennon in? And then most of it's just handoffs to Devonte Booker on the note of Saquon Barkley though. I, I, I am kind of in that middle ground with, with you guys where it would be good for him to get some contact. It's different getting hit by an opposing player than one of your teammates. The coaches are going to guard a guy like Saquon inadvertently. They're going to know, and I think guys on the team are going to have that thought process of, I don't want to get screamed at for re-injuring Saquon or slowing down his recovery. So they might let up. They might not really give him as much contact as an opposing team's player will that has a relentless pursuit and is trying to make a name for themselves and also just wants to hit Saquon, someone of Saquon's caliber. So getting a big hit or just hit in general is going to be key for a running back who's coming back from an injury just for the sense of he needs to get back and used to it. Being off this amount of time is really, really tough to get back into the swing of things, especially for a position that tends to take the most contact out of any position out there when they're touching the football. But I I like that you brought up already, Nick, with this offensive line because the we haven't really seen a lot. We saw that chunk of time in the first preseason game. We didn't get 
any of them in the second preseason game, and I guess we're going to get at least some glimpse of what to expect for this upcoming season. We are very highly anxious about if things are going to come together or is it going to be more of the same from last year. So this last preseason game is going to be kind of that final test of if they are, assuming that they play, are they going to be capable to be at least just moderately consistent? That's what we hope. Moderate consistency is something that uh, we're striving for right now, which isn't great. And we've spoken pretty extensively about it on the podcast, how all five of these offensive linemen are improving right now, I would say. Now, obviously, there's higher hopes for Andrew Thomas. And I think Nick Gates showed a, a solid amount as a center. I have, I have pretty high hopes for Will Hernandez, even though he's switching to the right side. But Matt Parrott and Shane Lemieux, that's two out of the five starters right there. I think they're unproven. At the moment, I mean, Chris, Joe, would you guys be shocked if both of them significantly struggle week one, week two, week three, and we're looking at ourselves saying, uh, what the hell are we going to do right now? Nate Solder, get in there. Kenny Wiggins, Ted Larson. Like, that's not anything that's going to give any Giants fan all warm and fuzzy. At the same time, th- that might not happen. But if that does happen, would you guys be shocked? Oh, not at all. You know, we we really haven't seen much from Matt Parrott. We saw him get on the field a little bit in certain packages in certain situations last year. And, you know, that is, I, that's a a little bit of a difficult situation for an offensive line because he, he's not really in the flow of the game. You know, the chemistry of the unit gets upset a little bit, but that's also kind of a difficult position for the guy going against him because, you know, there's not really any tape on the guy you're all of a sudden going against. You know, you have your pass rush plan, for cam fleming but all of a sudden you know whatever maybe long-term work you've done you know setting up moves you know figuring out what cam fleming's tendencies are or the the way he likes to go into his past sets how he likes to set his hands all that then all of a sudden that goes out the window because now you've got this young guy that you've never seen before in so yeah that kind of worked both ways for Matt Parrott last year. You know, now he is the guy and we don't really know what that means for him. You know, we, we can look at all of his tools and be excited for him. You know, with Shane Lemieux, we can look at what he can, what he's able to do as a run blocker. We can look at just how freaking powerful he is as a blocker, but we also have tape of him being, something of a liability as a pass protector and you know what impact does that have on nick gates what does that impact have on andrew thomas on the other side if matt parrot struggles what impact does that have on will hernandez you know right now i don't think i would be surprised by any of the range of outcomes for this group and and maybe in a situation here in this first exposed like bigger exposure for the offensive line and just going off of simply assumption because even though our assumptions have been relatively incorrect in terms of playing time maybe if they play the whole first half most of what they're doing is maybe a little bit more vanilla and dry in terms of the play calling they're not really asked to do anything too complex because the coaching staff doesn't want to expose too much maybe that helps them build up some confidence but I'm really in line with you guys here where I think the two biggest young guys on this group, Shane Lemieux, Matt Parrott, have the most questions to answer. Lemieux being the fact that, as you mentioned, Chris, liability in the, as a pass protector, extremely lumbering for the most part and a lack of ability to 
uh, move effectively at the level that you'd like from an interior offensive lineman, which was what we saw last year. And then Parrott has all the tools as we've been talking about, but it's like, okay, we're in the second year now. He's no longer a guy who stepped in for some series and did some nice, good things. We can't really spend time getting excited over like, wow, that looked really good if the rest of the time he's making mistakes and it looks sloppy. So as we get into year two where he is supposed to be that starting right tackle, it needs to go from flashes to, as I said, moderate consistency. He just needs to start to string together more and more good snaps. I would much rather have Matt Paired out there. Hopefully he figures it out pretty quickly. Then I guess the alternative option is Nate Solder being that starting right tackle. Which, I mean, we haven't seen Nate Solder play since 2019. He opted out of the 2020 season. In 2019, he was reportedly dealing with an injury, and it was evident because he was a turnstile for Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but he gave up a lot of – I think he led the league in pressures and and sacks that year, or maybe he was like – third or like second in pressures but only by like two pressures he missed being the top tackle in the league that allowed pressure we can't have that again i mean that's how many times are we going to do this this i mean dave gettleman he came in here he he said he was going to fix this offensive line and this offensive line has not been fixed yet and it's not because they didn't pour assets into it because they did pour assets into it but this year they had opportunity to add some offensive linemen but they felt comfortable and they were really really almost stubborn i would say to the, uh, almost stubborn saying, look, we're comfortable with the guys we have. This is what we're going with. And if that comfortability ends up being mediocrity, I mean, the, you have to blame hubris. You have to blame the coaching staff. You have to blame really everybody. Yeah, I'll say uh, Jerry Reese took plenty of heat for basically trusting the coaches to develop the guys he drafted for developing Eric Flowers, Bobby Hart, uh, Brandon Mosley before he, I guess, fell into the Bermuda Triangle with a back injury. Uh, you know, say Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg turned out okay, but they were basically completely pro ready. You know, if the Giants had the opportunity to draft another offensive lineman, especially after, you know, parting ways with their right guard, you know, and they passed it up, you know, they, they have to own the consequences of that decision. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit of the defensive side of the football, what to expect, what we're going to be watching for. Before we do so, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Talking about this New York Giants defense, I think that there's a, a fun direction that we can take this conversation in because we're getting another game of some exposure to a rookie quarterback. So we got to see the some Zach Wilson, and we know that he's pretty much guaranteed to be the starter for the for the Jets, and he looked decent in spots, and I, and I think that there's some optimism there for the Jets but based on how he played against the Giants and the rest of the preseason, especially the way he played against the Packers. But there's some buzz right now at Patriots camp on how good Mac Jones looks. It sounds like at some point or another, Mac Jones could be the starting quarterback, whether it's week one or if it's midway through the season when things are potentially not going well for the Patriots. Mac Jones, their first round selection, is in a spot to eventually take over this starting quarterback role. There's also, from what we've heard at practice, he was gashing the Giants secondary uh, during team drills. So, we get to see Mac Jones versus the Giants defense. And I think the question is here is one, how do the Giants how do the Giants defensively look going up against him? And then the the better question is, how does Mac Jones fare and, and what are we expecting from him? So uh Logan Ryan came out, I think after practice today, or maybe it was yesterday, and he said and that today is Thursday, by the way. He said that Blake Martinez and himself had the worst practice they've had as New York Giants. On Wednesday, and that was the day everybody was raving about Mac Jones, and they followed up that practice on Thursday by playing a lot better. I mean, Logan Ryan had an interception on Mac Jones. Xavier McKinney was all over the defensive backfield reportedly. I mean, Darnay Holmes actually ended up getting benched for Julian Love after a defensive holding penalty, something that he um, definitely struggled with, I would say, in his rookie season. So maybe that's something we should pay attention to just because we know this coaching staff really likes Julian Love. And it seemed like the secondary was much better against Mac Jones in Thursday's practice. I'm not I'm not worried about this defense uh, too much, to be honest, as long as they're healthy. And they don't have a Dory Jackson out there right now. I mean, they had him out there most of Wednesday's practice. But I think it was just a really, really bad practice. And I think Mac Jones is going to be a solid player who probably will end up starting early, probably maybe even week one. I mean, he could start that early, to be honest. I wouldn't be overly shocked if that ends up happening. Yeah, I think just in general from Mac Jones, what I'm – expecting to see from him is just smart efficient quarterbacking yeah i don't think he is going to set the world on fire he's not going to be making any superman plays you know he's not that kind of a quarterback but just as far as distributing the ball being accurate yeah finding the open man getting the ball to him and putting his players in position to get yards after the catch. That's what I'm pretty much expecting from Mac Jones. Just to zoom out a little bit, just something I find a little bit ironic is that, you know, going back a ways, Josh McDaniels drafted Tim Tebow. And the word at the time was that he drafted Tebow because he really, really wanted to bring the read option to the NFL. And he thought Tebow was going to be the guy to do that. And that didn't work out so well. So then, you know, wait about a decade or so, and Josh McDaniels gets Cam Newton, basically the best running quarterback the NFL has ever seen. And you think, okay, it's his time. And, you know, New England has basically their worst year in about 20 years. Now they get Mac Jones, who I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. Uh, we so, we heard those comparisons back during Senior Bowl We or yeah, it was Senior Bowl week, but you know they they always kind of err on the side of hyperbole that that week. 
but he is he does have some traits in common with Brady as being you know, accurate, efficient. He doesn't take risks with the ball. So it, it would just be kind of funny to me just looking at things, taking that long view if Mac Jones does wind up being the starter and they wind up with basically going with what they had success with and just not being able to do the thing that Josh McDaniels has been wanting to do since he got his head, head coaching chance. No, it's definitely an interesting outlook on the whole situation because there's really two completely different quarterbacks uh, play styles between Cam and Mac Jones, and, and we'll probably get to see both of them in this game. I, I just have to throw in the last little tidbit here on Mac Jones. I mean, I, I really like that you you brought up all that stuff there, Nick, about the differences between the days of practice in which when he was lighting everybody up and the Giants, uh, you know, you can claim that if it's an excuse or not, but if they're collectively having a bad day of communication and then the, the next day they followed up with a fantastic performance, probably expect more of the second day rather than the first day. They're going to be ready to go. They are going to be probably fired up so that they don't make themselves look silly and also exposed by a rookie quarterback if this game is going to be uh, you know, heavily played by the starters. And I think that also begs the question of what starters are even put out there? Does Patrick Graham and Joe Judge, do they say, we don't want opposing teams to see how we're going to defend against these guys. We just want to continue what we've been doing. Maybe put a couple of the starters out there, but mostly rotating these backups. I, you know, it sounds like just based on how things seem with the starters that they're with the offensive starters that they'll probably be somewhere along those similar lines. But they're going to be in a situation here where they're going to want to look good against uh, against this Patriots offense. And you know, if they're communicating well and and they're playing up to the same level of the way that they did in practice on Thursday, it seems like it's a pretty uh, reasonable task for them to uh, to handle. But I think that that next big question is. How do how does the front seven look and who's out there against this uh, this Patriots offense? I really do want to see what the Giants front seven does against New England's offensive line because you know New England's line is well coached, they're well prepared, and it's you know they, it's well built. We have heard you know from from practices that their offensive line has been tough you know they've moved the ball well they've opened up holes they've pass protected well so i, I want to see how <coughs> pardon me i want to see how the giants defensive front does against a really good test you know before it really counts you know we you know joe and i talked about how it, the Giants' defensive front got moved way too easily by the Browns. You know, the tackling was a problem. I want to see if the Giants have that buttoned up yet. Uh, are guys getting in good position? Are they wrapping up, driving, you know, uh, delivering good form tackles? Or are they lunging and going for those arm tackles we saw way, way too much of last week? You know, those, honestly, are the two things I want to see most. Yeah, a lot to be keyed on for this second preseason game, and I think a lot of it is contingent on how much the starters play. And it, it sounds like just from what we're vaguely hearing, and, and we can't really say with much certainty as we found out with the last game against the Cleveland Browns, it sounds like we should get some good exposure and get to see a, a little bit more of an, a sense what to expect from these giant starters in this final preseason game. It will be the last test before they take a week off and then prepare for the Denver Broncos as the week one matchup 
for the NFL season. Folks, that's going to be it from us. Thank you for tuning in. Hit the, hit the subscribe button. Head to BigBlueView.com. And then also follow us on social media at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week and have a great weekend. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.